So, yeah, obviously this morning, um, I, was, I was quite excited. I thought, man, it'd be nice. I was praying, God, it'd be great if I could make it to FEA. And I, I was texting you saying, in faith, I'll, be, I'll try to make it. And, um, you know, because it's, it's a slow process of recovery, you know. So, but I was reading through the Word, and God has been speaking to me these last couple of months about a number of things, you know, things to expect and to look forward to. And, and thinking about us guys as a team, as a body, we're one tribe, we're one family, right? We believe and profess our faith in Jesus. We are one family. It doesn't matter what our skin looks like or where we come from, or our social background, it doesn't matter. Once we have been bought in, we belong to the family of God and we have a heavenly father and we share in that inheritance. And so in the same way, God has given us clear direction because he understands life brings storms sometimes, doesn't it? You know, and I'm talking any kind of storm. I'm sure all of us here at some point in our lives, even right now, could feel like we're either in a storm, have come through a storm, or can see a storm brewing. You know, like when, you, when you're watching here normally towards the end of the day, the clouds get dark, the atmosphere gets heavier, and you can feel a storm brewing. See, life has got storms in it, but there's also a break in the storm and the sun comes through. But today I wanted to, to say God has given us a clear mandate, a direction of how to remain calm. Because it's, it's what you do in the storm that showcases whether we are a child of God or not. Right? So my title for today is The Secret to Staying Calm in the midst of a storm. Whatever the storm is that you've faced, are facing, or are continuing to battle through, and I guarantee all of us have it because we all live in our flesh. We have this flesh, the soul, our minds. The storm doesn't have to be physical. Often the worst storm is right here in our minds, which is started because of a lack of understanding in our hearts or a lack of submission or something that's been a hurt or a pain. And so, God has called us to be more than conquerors, to, to be a people that live victorious. And you think, how is that possible when I'm in the midst of a storm or I can see a gigantic storm with lightning coming, the rumble? It's frightening sometimes, isn't it? But God says there's a secret. So the secret to staying or remaining calm in the midst of a storm is to live like you're dead. Isn't that weird? To live like you're dead. The secret to remaining calm is to die, to live with a mindset that I'm dead already. I know that's a bit weird, right? I'll let that sink in. What an encouraging word for Brother Wood. Live like you're dead. I'm going to explain what that means in the word, right? So today, I want to, I want to break down what God means to, to die in order to live. You ever watch a movie? I mean, my wife and I like to binge watch certain programs and, and, and movies or on Netflix or whatever. You know, that's our kind of chill zone. No worries. And um, have you ever seen a character in a movie that knows he's about to die or knows that he's terminally ill or, no, or knows that something is going to happen to him anyway? So his, his, uh, his, his viewpoint on his life transforms. What you find in those characters is suddenly... In the midst of like maybe a gun uh, scene or a, a, a war or something like that, 
they become super brave, don't they? No, 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 I'm going to lay my life down for you. You go, because I know I'm already dead. You know the difference? The others are, like, are clinging to their lives and running for shelter. Ah, the storm's coming. The battle's here. I got to protect myself. I don't want to get shot. I don't want to get hurt. I don't want to get maimed. And there, there's a man or a woman in these stories often that you'll find. They'll go, well, I'm already dead anyway. So you know what? I'm calm. And they're eerily calm. You're like, what's up with you? There, there's bullets flying around. They're kind of floating. I'm good. I got no fear. Ever seen that in the movies? They're often in slow-mo. And then they just don't die for ages. They eventually die. They sacrifice themselves. Or they survive. And you're like, wow, what an awesome story. But the, but the point I'm making here is the person that knows that they're already dead lives in a certain kind of freedom and a peace that others that don't know they're dead don't live in. Do you see what I mean? And we've all watched those movies, right? They live as though they are dead. And so therefore, they have no fear of death. They have no fear of the enemy. And beyond that, they live with this uh, extra like, hero uh, attitude. They're like, you know what? No, 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 no. You take your husband and your wife. You go into the background. I'm going to hold the enemy. I'm going to be the last man standing with my, my, my machine gun or whatever the movie is and go, God, 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 God. They're shooting and the, the bullets are flying and they're almost laughing. Ha, 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 ha. I, I laugh in the face of death. I am not fearful of this moment because I'm already dead. I've already told myself that this life doesn't matter anymore because I'm already looking forward. I'm already looking beyond what I could lose here. I've already lost it. I'm not holding on to it. This is actually a mindset that as believers we need to be. And I'm going to explain to you how that works because to be calm in the midst of the worst storms in your life, we need to practice living dead. That sounds really weird, doesn't it? The walking dead. Yeah, anyway, that's weird. But it's actually, there's a truth in it. So what I'd like to do is take you guys, if you've got your word or your phone or your Bible on you, whatever format you have, I'd like you to open to Romans chapter 6. Um, and we'll break through this reasonably quickly because it's not a, it's not a long message as such, but it's, a, uh, it's one that will generate so much freedom. Think about it. Fear grips us from moving forward, doesn't it? Pain grips us from moving forward. All these thoughts of success or failure will grip you when you haven't died to, the, to this thing called flesh and life and pressure. God says, look, man, I want to show you something that will generate freedom and actually will make you even bolder. And actually will make you shine for me and let others see Christ in you, the hope of glory. Not the fear of death or the fear of failure or the fear of the past or the fear of the future. But Christ in me, the hope of glory. It's amazing, right? So Romans chapter 6, um, it says this. I'd, I'd love for you guys to read Romans chapter 6 on your own. But I'm just going to skip down to Romans chapter 6, verse 5. It says this. Since we have been united with him, that's Christ, in his death. This is what it means. I said we're one family, right? We're united through Christ. This is the secret to staying calm in the midst of the storm. We will also be raised to life as he was. 
the promise of eternal life, the gift of life that God gives. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified. What does crucifixion lead to? Death. Our old sinful selves. So this is what I'm talking about dying to, your old self, the old you. Because God says you're no longer that. You're a new creation. Right? God says you are new in me. But you've got to die in order to live and be alive. So it was crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. So remember, like the picture I said of the movie, sin is the fear of death, right? The fear of losing control, the fear of losing oneself because you've lost control. That's what sin leads to because our flesh wants to be God ultimately. The greatest battle we have is inside. Is God God or is, are we? Our flesh. So sin has lost its powers in our lives. We are no longer a slave to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Praise God. This is the secret to living a life of freedom by dying first. Right? And since we died with Christ, man, isn't he laboring this? We know we will also live with him. That's verse 8. Since we died, we know. Right? And then you jump down to verse 11. So you also, and this is my point here. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead. Remember I said this is weird, right? This is Bible. The stories of guys, the heroism in movies, they steal the main concept of a hero all from the word of God. The guy that stands up and says, I will sacrifice myself because I, I no longer consider myself alive. I'm already dead anyway. So these circumstances that are difficult, I will not only just walk through it with an eerie calmness or a bravery or a strength or a peace that goes beyond my understanding, but I'm going to walk through and be a light of Christ to others. I might even be able to save others through my walk of death, right? So you should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? So today, I know it's not a pretty picture of walking a life of, of freedom and faith. But in order to do it, like in the Word, it's, 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 it's backwards to our wisdom. It's upside down to the way our flesh would want to do things. Our natural thing is to protect, to hold on to, uh, things that we've been given or have or our hopes for the future, we want to we control it. God is saying it's the opposite. Like Christ, we have been crucified with him. So let that thing which controls you, which is sin, our flesh, die. And this is a daily practice, okay? Um, and so what does that look like? You see, because it says this further on in verse... Uh, 16, chapter 6, verse 16 of Romans. Don't you realize that you became, you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? It says this, you can be a slave to sin, which leads to death. So you can die one of two ways. I want to propose that we die the first way, which is die to sin, the slavery of our flesh. Because if we then focus... 
on our flesh and don't die and hold on and cling to life, it leads to death. Or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Righteousness, peace, and joy, the evidence of the kingdom. Further on in the second half of uh, verse 19, Previously, you let yourselves be slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led ever deeper into sin. Basically, you didn't die. You didn't crucify your flesh, right? Now you must give yourselves to be slaves to righteous living so that you will become holy. So here's an interesting point. When you walk as though you are dead, not only have you died to yourself, but you've realized you don't belong to yourself. You were once a slave to yourself, a slave to sin, but now you're a slave to righteousness, Christ, by faith, right? So if you want peace that goes beyond understanding, this is the secret. Die to self and understand that you no longer own yourself, right? It says this, verse 22, but now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. And that's the question. Are you willing to submit and be no longer your own? I belong to Christ. I was bought. I'm a slave to righteousness, to God's way. I'm a slave to obey him because in doing so, I will truly live. Now you do these things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord, right? And uh, so let me, let, me, let me just pause there for a minute. There's a lot to take in in Romans chapter 6. We are the living dead, let's call it that, right? Which is weird. But actually when you understand this, it's the key to not only being victorious, but you will be heroic. You will be an influencer to those around you. Because the greatest witness that you can give is how you respond in times of struggle. Anybody can look good when times are great, right? You can be a great-looking Christian. You can be a great-looking non-Christian when things are great. When things are not great, the way we start to speak, the things that we start to do, the things that we meditate on, will surely show you who you're following. Will surely show you who's God. And this is something that we need to learn to die to every day. I'm not saying that we could walk through life and not feel sorrow and not feel pain. In fact, Jesus himself went through sorrow, anguish, but yet he didn't sin. There's a key here. You see, so the secret to this is actually understanding that if I fear the Lord, I, I obey his commands, I will be free and he will be proven faithful. We all know the story of Joseph, right? And how he had dreams. And how God gave him a dream. And it started with these little dreams as a kid. And then they got worse because then he ended up being sold to slavery. Pretended that he was killed by his brothers by a wild animal. You hear the story. And then he's trying to be faithful. He's, then, he, he's risen up in the kingdom. And then he's thrown into jail. And then while he's in jail because he's wrongly accused. Can you understand? He goes, well, God, are you still with me? I'm in the storm of life. But you notice that he stayed faithful. His character remained godly. He rose up through the circumstance. How can that be? Even when, do you remember when there's that story where um, the, uh, the, the wine taster and the bread maker, they had the dream, 
and then the uh, the the, uh, the jail uh, general or whatever the, the the head of the jail said, well, speak to Joseph. He can interpret dreams. He had a reputation even in the midst. He could have just said, well, God's no longer with me. I'm going to give up. God, this God thing isn't working out for me right now. He promised me all kinds of things, and he says in his word that he will walk me through the valley, the shadow that I will fear no evil. I feel fearful. I'm fretful. I'm I'm worried about my future. He never gave up because he had an understanding that his life was more than the circumstance. And guess what? He interpreted the dreams for the, for the bread maker and the wine taster. And then they said, and then it came to true. And he said, just remember me to the king, please. And then he was another two years. He was still in jail. After that, the guy forgot about him. Can you imagine in the midst of that storm how Joseph could have reacted? He knew how to be dead. He would have probably resigned himself to saying, well, if I'm going to be here, God is greater. I know he gave me that dream and that vision. I'm going to remain faithful in this small. Time came two years later. God did elevate him when the king had a dream. And somebody said, ah, it's my bad, my bad, my bad. I forgot. Two years, I left the guy to rot in jail. My bad. Joseph could have come out like a raging bull. How dare you? You forgot me. I was the reason why, blah, blah, blah. No, he didn't. He just faithfully served God. He understood that he had to die to those dreams and visions. He didn't even hold on to those things that he believed God told him. He said, God has put me in this circumstance today. How will I be found? Faithful or not? How will I be found? Stable or unstable? I'm guaranteeing you, if he believed in his own flesh, he would have been unstable. Because nothing was working. Nothing. He'd get elevated in jail, and he'd still stay in jail. He was not free. But you see, his faithfulness to his God kept him at check. But what I'm, saying, I'm not saying here today is for us to not walk around and be oblivious to problems. Because that would be totally inaccurate when you read the Word of God. David, Joseph, Daniel, they went through anguishes. The prophets, they cried, they mourned, they wept. The, the struggles that they had that they were going through, the struggles that their people were going through, they felt deep sorrow. Jesus himself, look at this. Uh, where was it? In Mark chapter 14, 34, says this. So I want to encourage you with this so that when you are or if you're going through a hard time and you're feeling things, it's okay. But it doesn't need to lead to sin. The thought that strikes you, if you meditate on it and then act on it, i.e. take control of things because of that thought, that's where sin can creep in. Because we've taken God off of his kingship and moved ourselves back on top. We've taken what we should have died to and brought it to life and said, I'm going to do this myself. Jesus himself went through a lot of anguish. He cried, he wept. He felt sorrow for his people. But he never sinned. So this is what he says in Mark chapter 14, 34. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief. Our Savior Jesus felt such pain that he was crushed with grief. Has anybody here ever been crushed with grief? Yes. If you've lived any kind of life, you'll have experienced some sort of crushing grief, a loss of a loved one, or something that went wrong in your life, or a hope that died, or something that happened to you. 
it's okay to feel those things. It doesn't make you a non, a not a good Christian. Jesus said this, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Like, man, I am at the brink of, I, I can't take it anymore. <clears throat> Isn't that amazing? But he didn't sin. Stay here and keep watch with me. He's telling his disciples, stay with me, pray with me. He's in anguish, but we know he didn't sin. So what I'm saying is, in the midst of your circumstance, <clears throat> you don't need to be like that movie character that I told you about. I'm just using that for picture's sake, who's walking around with a great big cheesy grin in the midst of a struggle and he's being shot or his, his, his arm has been ripped off and he's still smiling or something, you know? That, that's unnatural. We wouldn't walk like that. But when the circumstance doesn't dictate our understanding of who we are in Christ and the fact that he's in control, he's God, and he says he's faithful to calm the storm or complete the work he started in you, that's the focus. That's when you've really learned to die to yourself. <clears throat> it says this, which I know we all know in Philippians 4, 6 to 9. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Communicate with God. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Here, here's some of the tools <clears throat> about you may feel anguish. Yes, you can feel sorrow for loss. But he says, but I don't want you to dwell and worry about it because I want you to give that burden to me. Because when you do, when you die to the, to the flesh that wants to take control or to change something, basically when you let go and say, well, God, regardless of whether I burn or I don't, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, even if you, God doesn't turn up, he's still faithful, right? That's, those were their words. It's this kind of faith. He says, and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience, then. It's when you walk through these struggles and trials and storms in life, and we put this into motion. You don't experience this peace unless you put it into action in the midst of a storm. You will have a, a general peace, but you won't have this kind of peace. This is a, this is a battle-earned, war-driven peace, which in the end of the day, we're in a battle daily with our flesh and the principalities around us. It's trying to influence our minds, our hearts, our direction, our purpose. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand, that goes beyond our understanding. This is a peace that's better than what you're hoping for. This is a peace that's greater than what you need or you perceive that you need. This is a peace that's bigger than you. This is a peace that will let others know that God is in you. This is a peace that says, not my will, but yours. This is a peace that says, it's not me, it's Christ in me. Beyond you. God says, if you want that kind of supernatural, you need to be faithful in these storms. His peace will guard your hearts. And here we go. Because our hearts is what dictates our thoughts. And our minds as you live in Christ. To live in Christ means to die to sin first. So before you can live in Christ, we need to die to ourselves, die to this flesh, be the living dead, and in Christ, I can walk freely. So what does it mean to die to those things? We let go of the fear of success or failure. We thank God and say, in every circumstance that I'm in, God is, God, is Lord. He chose this moment for me to be in, and it's up to him how he finishes. this. My job is just to be faithful. God has put me in this circumstance. He is still God, and he will complete the work he started in this moment. 
Therefore, I can die to the fear of my flesh, saying, what if I fail? What if I'm not good enough? No, God has put you in this. Do you believe that? God has put you in this circumstance. Do you believe that? God has given you what you need today. Do you believe that? And let your tomorrows be in his hands. Do you believe that? Then you can die to that fear and you can say, I'm going to live fully in Christ today. You see, the Holy Spirit was what God sent. He said, he will be your guide, your comforter. You're confident, the one that speaks wisdom. The Spirit of the living God will enter you. And he says, daily ask to be filled afresh. Why did he say daily, not just one time? Because daily we have a battle. So it's so important to not take our eyes off the fact that we need to be filled with the presence of God each and every day in order for God to give us the strength and the faith to subdue the flesh, to kill it. Because he knows that our flesh will rise up, that circumstances will prick up certain pains or hurts in the past, present, or in the future that will take our eyes off or put God off the throne and put us back on it. Therefore, we're no longer the living dead. So, in closing today, if you felt challenged by this and felt, man, I want to live that life of freedom. I want to live that life of peace, regardless of the circumstance, regardless of my fears that may be coming. It starts with things like this. Repentance, first to God. Say, I'm sorry for taking you off the throne in my life. Praise and worship where we thank God for what he's done. And then re a recommitment and say, I give myself afresh to you today. So that I would be fully alive as I walk as the dead man that is no longer I. Alwood in the past, Rosie in the past is no longer here. I'm a vessel of Christ. I'm no longer a slave to me. I'm a slave to Christ. Therefore, I don't belong to me. Therefore, my future belongs to God. Do you see how that will transform the way you look at your work, your relationship, your future, your current, your past, and your... If you know that God has called you out and brought you in to his presence and called you by name, then no circumstance will really be effective, should affect you, because you know that I've already died to that. God will be the one that will prove himself in and through my life, because I belong to him. And he says, I make a declaration and a promise and a covenant on my name. Praise God, I didn't make a promise on, on Wood's name, on your own personal name. That's terrifying. God said, no, I make this covenant and I promise it through my name. I seal it with my own seal of approval and also I will prove myself faithful because I cannot deny myself. Isn't that a freeing thought? So whatever circumstance or storm you're in right now, think, God, okay. For some, it's a short period. For me, there's a little bit of a storm for like a couple months. And God spoke through that. Praise God. And I repent and die to certain things that I realized I hadn't put God first in my life. Right? Isn't that an amazing thought? See, God is here to bring redemption and freedom. He said, I came to save and to heal. We're all dying. So you might as well kill it and become alive in Christ. But the, the longer you hold on, the harder it will be to live fully alive. And these battles will continue. 
Some of us here, I believe, some of these battles keep coming back. Keep coming back. It could be a battle of the mind, maybe a thought process, maybe a habit that keeps coming back. I'll guarantee you the core root of it is we haven't died to ourselves fully and said, God, I don't belong to me anymore. I'm going to let go of that, and I'm going to trust that you're with me. I'm going to trust that my hope truly is in your hands. That even if the circumstance says you look like you failed, no, if I'm with a clear conscience and a sincere faith, I'm living fully for Christ, then I have nothing to fear. Because God will prove himself faithful, not me, in and through me. Amen? Or so, just let it play in the background. Just welcome the Holy Spirit. Just take time just to get connected to the Lord right now.